Hello and welcome to the MedReach podcast. This is episode 30 and this is part 4 of our series titled I Swear to Tell the Whole Truth. And this episode is primarily about the day of your court appearance. So hopefully everything that you need to know in advance, how to dress, what to do when you get there, what the court itself is like, uh, who is present, what they're wearing. And we start to talk a little bit about behaviour in court, although we'll expand a bit on that in the final episode. So you'll hear our speakers introduce themselves just so that you can familiarise yourself again with their voices. And then we'll jump right in. I hope you enjoy. Uh, my name is David Parrott, QC. I'm Queen's Counsel in Scotland. I'm also a barrister in England and Wales. I'm also a barrister in Northern Ireland. Hi, I'm Andrew Cuby. I sit as a sheriff at Glasgow Sheriff Court, one of 27 sheriffs here. I'm Maura Orr. I'm the Procurator Fiscal for Glasgow and I work for Crown Office and Procurator Fiscal Service. So I thought we could possibly take uh, someone on a journey through the actual day of going and being at court. So this is primarily for people who've never done it before and just kind of to give them a sense of what to expect. So let's just start right with the very basics. So what, what should I wear? Uh, we would say to all professional witnesses that it's generally considered courteous to the to the court and to the solemnity of the occasion if uh, professional witnesses are dressed in uh, smartly. But beyond that, there's no dress code for attending court as witness. It, it makes a big difference. Uh, if you are walking into a court, let's just say it's a high court, and the judge is wearing a big red robe with uh, a white mantle with red crosses on it and a wig, and people like me are prancing around in 19th century dress, you're going to feel a wee bit out of place if you're uh, wearing your ripped jeans, trainers and a T-shirt. And the reason why the crazy dress that we wear is retained is because it's felt that there is imparts a solemnity to the proceedings and those people who are on trial and those who are serving as a jury appreciate just how important it is um, as an event and I think you're part of that you're you're a bit player on the stage of somebody's liberty and it's important I think therefore to dress appropriately which in as I think maybe it's a lawyer's point of view but would be a shirt and tie Okay, so I'm smartly dressed. Anything else I should think about before I even arrive at court? Okay, um, I suppose the first thing I would say is before you get to court, so the day before, try try and find a telephone number or some kind of contact details of the person who's bringing you to court. The last thing you want to do is have to drive from Glasgow to Edinburgh here and then to be told it's off. So frustrating. And these things can happen, you know, you know, pretty last minute or the night before or whatever. So a good practice of the lawyer's part is to contact you and tell you. But in the same way as we're talking about pro formas and filling things out later, sometimes it's overlooked and uh, people get a bit cheesed off about turning up, doing their civic duty, etc. And uh, not being requested actually at the end of the day. So uh, before you even get there, try and make sure you are required to get there. Secondly, get there in good time. Um, if you're driving, if it's a train, if it's uh, delays, etc., have some kind of contact number to let them know that you might be delayed. Uh, try and arrive in good time. It's nothing worse. I know from personal experience, driving to uh, some far off shed of court in the car, all the papers thinking about the case, and then I can't find car parking close to the court, etc. So a little bit of uh, foreplanning is a good idea. 
Okay, so just sticking to the basics, if you don't mind, um, let's say that I'm presenting for the very first time to court, so I've arrived. What what should I expect? My, my memory is it's quite an austere building, but what, what are the, the steps to go through um, as we arrive at court for the first time? When you walk through the front door, the first thing that will meet you is airport-type security. You will be required to walk through a metal detector and to have your bag, if you have one, with you searched by a security officer. It's perhaps useful to be aware that at busy times of the day, particularly in the morning, these can be busy so that you might want to allow a little extra time so that you can pass through security. Once you've passed through security, you should make yourself known to the person who's checking in witnesses, because if you don't check in with them, then we may be unaware that you're there and that may cause you further inconvenience and further waiting time. And my memory of that is you go through security and there's like a big reception desk. It's kind of hard to, to miss. Uh, and will they have a record that I'm coming? They will have a note of all the witnesses who are scheduled to attend that day and they'll ensure that the fact you're there is noted and that the prosecutor, if you've been cited for the Crown, is aware of your presence in the court. OK, so I've registered at the desk. They know that I've arrived. So what happens next? Where do I go from there? You will either be taken to the witness room or you'll be shown where the witness room is. Generally, we have two witness rooms for crime witnesses, one for police and witnesses such as doctors, professional witnesses, and another for what we term civilian witnesses. So generally, you would expect uh, to be sitting along with police officers in a waiting room waiting to give your evidence. Or if you're scheduled to give evidence that morning, first thing, you may in fact be the only person in the witness room but if you've checked in, you can be sure that everyone knows you're there. The reception will tell the lawyers that you are there. So you may, at that point, uh, prior to going into the court, have a lawyer pop in, just say hello, and uh, just talk about how you are, etc., etc. And most importantly for you guys, when it is likely that you're going to have to go into court, and hopefully how long you're going to be there. One recent memory that I have from the High Court is that the witness room was actually incredibly bare and didn't have anything in it. Um, didn't have a TV, didn't have um, newspapers, didn't have any form of kind of distraction, let's, let's say. So um, I guess one thing to get across is um, probably best to, to bring something with you. I mean, you obviously tried to minimise our time there, but things do happen. Um, and I guess it's best to bring something like a book or a computer or something because um, you may have some time to spare. Is that fair? Yeah, that's one of our standard instructions to witnesses is they may want to bring something to read or a computer or something similar. OK, so we're sitting waiting in the waiting room. Um, just in case you've not had the chance to do it before or you'd like a refresh, um, it is possible to ask to see your notes. Isn't that right? Yeah, you can ask the lawyers to uh, let them see, let them show you notes. You should be allowed to read a copy of your notes. The only reason you might not be able to get them is if the previous witness who's giving evidence before you is also a medical witness and is already using those notes in court. But assuming they're not being used in court, then you're very welcome to have a read through and refresh your memory. So we're just about to head into court. Anything I should remember to do before I go in? Okay, so everyone's eyes are on you. Uh, where should your thoughts be? Your thoughts at that time should be, have I turned off my mobile phone? Nothing looks less professional than when you're halfway through your evidence and the thing rings. And can I just say the very first time that I was in the high court, I made this fatal error. When you're in the witness room, put the phone on the desk, put it on vibrate. You'll still be able to answer the calls and you know, 
you know for a fact it's not going to ring when you're in the High Court of Justiciary and everybody's watching you. So we're about to head into court. I was wondering, David, would you mind just giving our listeners a little bit of uh, an idea of what it's like inside the court? Because I remember the first time that I walked in, it took me quite by surprise. No one had prepared me for it, and it's quite an intimidating room. Very austere. Lots more people are in the room than you expect, and all eyes turn on you in that moment. So it's probably something to be prepared for. So can you kind of describe what it's like inside the room for me? Yeah, um, well, I think the first thing to note is that it is intimidating, and I suppose it's supposed to be intimidating. And I can tell you from uh, being in court, calling people to give evidence, invariably they come through the door and they do look concerned, which feeling petrified. And uh, they'll be shown by the bar officer or the macer, Sorry, a bar officer will be in the sheriff court and a macer will be in the high court. That's the individual who will take you to the witness box. Uh, if you have your uh, a jacket or a bag, you'll look after that for you and you'll take the witness box, go in the witness box. Now, at that stage, the judge tends to take control and so you look at the judge and you follow what the judge says to you at that point in time. It will probably start with the oath or affirmation. You'll be asked, do you want to swear on uh, whichever uh, uh, text you wish to swear on um, or if you wish to affirm. And that's just a statement that you will tell the truth. And having sworn or affirmed, you may be asked to sit down or you may be asked to remain standing if you just remain standing until you're given the option to sit down. And then the solicitors will be invited to ask questions and ordinarily in a criminal trial the procurator fiscal having called you would ask questions of you you would then be cross-examined by the defence solicitor and then you can be re-examined by the procurator fiscal um, uh, Sorry, just going back to the, the standing thing that was another error I made at my first time in court I wasn't making myself very popular I don't think at that first, first visit um, so I went in and there is a seat in the witness box um, and I just presumed it was my, I was supposed to sit down until I was told to stand. Um, so I sat down and then was promptly told to stand back up again. So no one had told me that. So uh, so that, that's just one thing I want to stress. You go in and you remain standing on, until you're told otherwise. But if you needed to sit down for whatever reason, would I tell someone in advance? No, no need to tell anybody in advance. Uh, if you for whatever reason, do require to be seated, just make that clear to the judge uh, and the reason for that um, at the beginning. Some witnesses will find it so traumatic that they request to sit down um, or uh, the, the judge will ask them. Or indeed the lawyers might say to the judge, struggling or somebody with a physical impairment might be invited to sit down. But if you're giving evidence as a professional um, treating physician um, or doctor, that's your job. Come into witness box Stay standing and look at the judge. Awful temptation to look at the accused um, or to look at the family that you might recognise in the back or even to look at the lawyers. No requirement to do that. Or indeed, I suppose the jury, no requirement to do that. Look at the judge and they will, at that point, administer the oath. Andrew, if you don't mind, we'll go back just a little bit as well to the the oath and the affirmation. Who, who would generally choose to affirm rather than take the oath? Well... 
there's no criteria that the court doesn't cross-examine you about why you've chosen that. I would say my experience is that people without religious beliefs will tend to affirm, but anyone can either affirm or take the oath and you won't be questioned about on what basis you're electing for one over the other. So it's entirely a matter for the witness. And they both have equal significance? They both have equal significance, yes. Okay, so we've, we're in the room, we, we're in the witness box, we, we've, we're maybe about to take our oath or affirm. Um, do you mind if we just take a, a minute to think about the room and, and what it looks like? Because I, I recall that that's, it, it took me quite a bit by surprise. It's a very austere, large room, very imposing room. So do you mind just kind of, if each of you can kind of help me get a bit of an understanding of what the room is like and who is present in the room? Okay, so... There's lots of different styles of court. And so you have the great big old Victorian courts uh, in the High Court Justiciary. You know, if you go to Glasgow or go to Edinburgh, these things are from the 19th century and built to to uh, make people concerned. Um, then you have sheriff courts or modern built courts or courts that don't look that different to a classroom. If you're giving evidence in a, in a jury trial, for example, you'll be brought in and the witness box will almost invariably face the jury and the jury in Scotland is 15 people. Uh, the judge will be on an elevated bench and sheriffs wear wigs and gowns. Um, both the procurator fiscal and the defence solicitors will be in suits wearing gowns. There are other administrative staff. There may well be people in the public galleries. So there's quite quite a large cast of people. And, of course, they're all in situ before you are. Um, and everyone will look at you when you come in. And sometimes that can be quite disarming uh, just until you go in and, and you swear or affirm, as we've already discussed. Most solemn courts, that's courts where a jury is sitting in Scotland, are imposing and very large. The front of the court, which is called the well of the court, is also usually large and there will be a table in the middle at which the prosecutor sits at one side, always to the right of the judge, and the defence solicitor or counsel sit on the left-hand side. You should also be aware that where there's more than one accused, each accused will have a counsel or solicitor representing him. And in the High Court, most counsel who appear on behalf of an accused will also have an instructing solicitor. You can therefore see upwards of 10 individuals all seated in formal attire round the table at the front of the court. And of course, the judge is also very formally dressed and robed, wearing a wig, again representing the solemnity of the occasion. Further to that, there will be 15 jurors sitting facing you, listening in from the jury box, and the accused is always present in court, sitting facing the judge, separated by a bar from the rest of the court. And they'll be between, it used to be police officers, in the High Court we used to wear white gloves, now it tends to be Group 4 security or secure car or, or one of these escort, um, I better not say agencies, but escort uh, uh, people that uh, transport them up and down the stairs from the cells. And when are the public and the press allowed to be present in, in a court? All courts in Scotland are public, which means that the public are entitled to attend and the press, generally if they wish, are also entitled to attend. 
how many people are in the public gallery in any prosecution will depend on the nature of the offence and charge and which court you're appearing in. But some courts can also see a number of people in the public gallery and the press may be in attendance. And do you mind if we just talk a little bit about the appearance of the main kind of players in the court? So, so that's also quite intimidating. You know, the judge will be there in their finery and wigs and the QCs and their wigs and gowns and etc. David, do you mind just kind of giving us a kind of sense of, of what everyone looks like in the room? Right. OK. So a um, quick lesson in... Uh, um, 19th century dress. The judge will be wearing a wig, uh, but not a full-bottomed wig, just a, a short wig, normal wig. And uh, they will be wearing a red robe over which is a white mantle, a kind of a silky white mantle, and it has red crosses on it. That's the outfit, that's a uniform for the High Court of Justiciary. It's a different colour if you're in the civil courts. And increasingly now, um, in some children's cases, in some civil cases, judges just wear lounge suits to try and remove some of the formality that takes place. But in crime and fatal accident inquiries, the judges will always be dressed in their finery. And David, there can be quite a difference between how the the legal teams appear, isn't that right, depending on on their qualification, etc. So do you mind just kind of talking us through how they can appear um, and what the differences are between them? If you have solicitors or, solic- well, solicitor advocates in the High Court appearing, they will be wearing black gowns, no wigs. If you have counsel appearing, and I made a distinction between junior counsel and senior counsel, if they are, well, firstly, all counsel will be wearing the same wig as the judge, a short wig with the little bobtails at the back. If I, again, deal with the uh, male juniors, um, they have black gown, and then they have a kind of tailcoat thing and a waistcoat, and they wear a white bow tie in Scotland. They don't wear bands. They don't wear, if you think about the TV, with the two things coming down at the neck. In Scotland, they wear a white bow tie. Uh, the ladies tend to wear black gown and just a smart suit, black suit with the wig. And finally, the Queen's Council, the silks, will wear a special silk gown. Um, it's a different shape and it's got a square at the back. And they have what's called a fall. So they have a piece of white material which comes from the uh, um, the shirt, the shirt neck, and comes down the front. In passing, uh, it might be noticed that sheriffs in the sheriff court wear a fall as well, but don't wear a silk gown. So they, <laughs> I don't know if that makes it clearer or not, but... Uh, that would be what to look out for. I, I, finally, I should say female silks will also have a fall. That's a, a mark of uh, the rank and dignity of Queen's Council, as they call it. And they will also be wearing a silks gown. OK, I'm kind of coming on to the now the interaction in the courts, but but maybe one quick thing to get out of the way. Andrew, you'd be the best person to answer this. What, how do I respectfully address the judge in a court? Well, in, in court, um, male judges were referred to as my lord and female judges will be my lady. If you're in the Justice of the Peace Court, then the judges are all your honour. But otherwise, in both the Sheriff and High Court, it's my lord or my lady. OK, um, I don't know if this is an easy question to answer. Maybe I'll, I'll direct it at you, David. Um, 
let's say you're the legal team about to ask the first question. It, it, it my memory is it's it can be quite formal language that is used. Um, but I was wondering, is there any way to give it a kind of an overall sense of of how the interaction is going to play out? Um, is is that possible to do? Yeah. Um. Again, these witness familiarisation courses that you and I have been on before and run before, um, the idea is to explain why you're there. And it can be very frustrating for doctors, intelligent people, because they want to know what the whole case is about. They want to know why their evidence uh, is important and how it fits in. I'm afraid you don't get to do that. Uh, In some ways, it's a bit like a jigsaw and you're just one of the pieces. And therefore, I'm, I'm, as a lawyer, bringing you along to put that piece in. And then hopefully at the end of it, the jury can see the whole picture and uh, and I secure the conviction or whatever, or I defend whatever. So uh, it can be a little bit um, frustrating. We appreciate that, that you're not exactly sure why it is that you are being called to give that piece of evidence. The second thing is that uh, the evidence that you're giving will be taken from you in different ways. So Generally, there's three stages. The first stage is the evidence in chief. That is from the party, the the side, who has brought you along to give evidence. Evidence in chief. Then your evidence can be tested. Tested for reliability, how much can you remember, and credibility, less so for you guys. Are you telling the truth? So uh, the third part is what's called uh, re-examination. That is the first person has a chance to clarify any issues that have arisen in the course of the cross-examination. Okay, so there's generally three distinct kind of people or or sets of or groups of people that you could be answering to. There's the judge, there's the legal teams who are asking the questions, and then there's the jury themselves. So to whom do I answer the questions? Is it the person asking or is it to the judge or to the jury or or how how do I respond to the questions? Okay, Great question. And sometimes it depends on who's asking you the questions and what the nature of the questions are. Um, If you are giving your examination in chief, chief evidence, then you might want to look at the questioner, but be aware of the decision makers. Uh, Decision maker in terms of fact will be the jury and the decision maker in the law or the overseeing of the procedure is the judge. So when I was a director of training, we used to teach the devils, that's what we called them, those who were learning, to have a kind of triangle to address the question to the questioner, but to be aware. A bit like uh, when you're driving your car, always checking the mirrors. So just checking with the judge, checking with the jury and addressing uh, your questioner. Now, it's a lot more difficult if you're being faced with aggressive cross-examination. It's just human nature. You don't want to stare them out or stare them down or be confrontational, etc. And they know that. That's uh, that's part of the skill. So it's quite permissible at that stage just to address your answers to the jury, if there is a jury, or to the judge, if there is no, no, uh, no jury. Um, just speak back to the person who's asking you uh, the questions, unless there is, for example, a difficulty understanding it, there's nothing wrong with saying, well, I'm, I'm sorry, my lord, I don't understand the question or or I don't feel able to answer that. To deal with something else that we've talked about today, I feel that that's out with my range of expertise. But ordinarily, I think I would just reply to the person asking the questions. 
Most uh, pleaders in the solemn courts will stand near to the jury box as they ask you questions facing you. And that means that when you answer the person who asked the question, you are also facing the jury so that you're able easily to answer the pleader and at the same time address the jury with your answer. If the judge does intervene and ask a question, and some ask more than others, then you should turn to the judge and address the answer to them. So many, many thanks to our special guest. I think my main take-home points this week are number one, before you arrive at court, make sure you dress smartly. You can also check whether you are still required, often with a phone call the night before, and also make sure you arrive in plenty of time because there can be issues finding parking. Number two, when you arrive at court, you'll be met by airport security. When you're through there, approach the large reception and make yourself known. You will then be shown to the witness room and there a lawyer will likely come and speak to you and give you an update on proceedings. This is also an opportunity to have a look at your notes if you would like to do so, Um, but also bring a book and a computer or some sort of distraction because there can be unexpected delays. Number three, when entering the court, Make sure to turn off your phone. Make sure to stay standing and await direction from the judge. This will often start with the oath or affirmation. And number four, when entering the room, just be prepared for the scale and austerity of the room. It can be quite imposing and intimidating and it is designed for that purpose. There can be lots and lots of people in the room and all eyes will be on you when you walk in. So stay calm, take your position and await direction. And make sure to address the judges as my lord or my lady. And when asked questions, answer the person asking the questions. But just acknowledge the decision makers in the room. So the occasional glance at the jury and the judge will also be helpful. So our final episode in this series will be in three weeks time. And in that episode we will talk more about the interaction in the court itself. So the types of questions that will be asked and how to answer them. Many, many thanks again to our very, very special guest. Many thanks to you for listening. Please visit stmungos-ed.com for lots more additional resources for your enjoyment. Until next time, take care.